Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. Happy 4th of July! Happy Independence Day! I hope you are doing something fun to celebrate the holiday. I am up at my family cabin with my family. Who knows what I'm doing right now as you hear this, but I'm sure I'm enjoying myself, relaxing in nature, much needed, much needed relaxation time, and probably trying to eat something that's red, white, and blue because if there's ever a day to be patriotic, it has to be the 4th of July. Holidays are also a great time to treat yourself. And I don't want you to forget that this is the last week that tickets will be open for the Wellness Realness Retreat. This year's retreat is going to be in San Diego, California from July 26th through July 28th. Last year's retreat was amazing and I cannot wait for this year's. We are going to be doing all the things related to wellness, including hiking and yoga and group Reiki and health, nutrition, self-love, body image workshops and nutrient drips, vitamin shots, acupuncture, ionic foot baths, all the things, plus delicious food, powerhouse pizza, peace pies, parakeet cafe, Kelly Scott from Kelly's Clean Kitchen is cooking. If you have any dietary restrictions, don't worry, you know I've got you. Just let me know and I can accommodate. If you're not coming just because of dietary restrictions, that's the worst excuse. It's not an excuse. Don't worry. That should not ever hold you back. It's going to be such a fun weekend and an amazing chance to connect with other like-minded women and release a lot emotionally, energetically. You will meet some lifelong friends, and I promise you will grow as a person through this experience. It's a great time to come down to San Diego and hang out with me and some other awesome people. I would love to see you there. So if you are ready to snag a final spot, just go to bit.ly slash wellnessrealness2019. Again, that's bit.ly slash wellnessrealness2019. And you can find all information there about tickets and purchase yours there. July is also a big month because I am also running the last round ever of my online group coaching program, the Paleo Women Lifestyle Program. I love this course so much. It has so much incredible information that I truly believe every woman needs to know no matter who she is. I think everything in here every woman needs to know in order to support her health. But I knew it couldn't run forever because the group just can't keep getting infinitely bigger because so much of what makes it an amazing experience is 
getting to know the other people in the program and I get to know everyone who's in there and really getting that kind of one-on-one attention while being in a group setting. We are a family in there and when groups get too big, it doesn't really have that same feel anymore and my business is growing in other ways. So this is going to be the last time I offer this course as a group program where I walk you through all the modules and I'm there for live video coaching calls and there for support. And after that, it will just be sold DIY self-study. You will still be able to get access to the course, all the online course materials. I'm going to spend some time shifting them a little bit and it will just be sold as an online course without my involvement. I want to keep it out there because the information is really valuable and so many women have purchased it and just done it DIY and said it's changed their lives. So it's really helpful even without the group community. But I think the group community just brings something completely different to it and you get so much more information because you get access to all of our live video coaching calls. So I'm on the live call. All the other women are on the live call. We all get to interact. And you can ask me literally anything you want. And I'm in the group moderating, answering questions. You just have everyone's brains in there and you get to know everyone and you have group accountability and group support. And we talk about any struggles we're going through. And it's just a really wide variety of topics, physical, emotional, spiritual, everything in between. And there are women in that group who are at all different points in their health journeys. So some have been into healthy eating and living for years and are basically biohackers. And then we have some people in there who are brand new to all this. We have girls who are in college and even high school. And we also have plenty of moms in there. We have 20, 30, 40, 50 year olds in there. Some people have been on their health journey for a while. Some have been struggling with a chronic health issue for a while and others haven't. Others don't even have a major health issue. Maybe they have some symptoms they want to, you know, tweak a little bit. It's really for anyone, but this is really just to teach you like the baseline, everything you really need to know. So we're talking about nutrition, macronutrients, how to build a balanced plate, how nutrition and health information is different for women and what we need to take into consideration especially as women with changing hormones throughout the month, throughout the week, throughout the day, all the time compared to men because what we need to do is a little bit different. We talk about digestion and balancing hormones and cooking and grocery shopping and stress management and sleep and exercise and dealing with difficult people and emotional health and literally every topic under the sun. I can guarantee you if it's not covered in the course, it's been covered in a live call. And once you join, you have access to all the previous live calls as well. It's five weeks long, so I will pace you through the five weeks, and each week you get access to video and audio lectures from me, downloadable PDFs, and then we will also have the Facebook group, the private Facebook group, where you can go in there, interact, ask questions, I do little homework prompts, and then the live calls, which are all recorded in case you can't make it. You can be from anywhere. You can be from anywhere in the world. You don't have to be paleo. You don't have to become paleo. If you want to grow your knowledge, if you want education, if you want a community of like-minded people who care about health and wellness, then this is the spot for you. And if you go through this program, it also actually allows you to have sessions with me for a much 
cheaper price because I know that if someone's gone through this program, they have covered all their bases and they know all the baseline knowledge that I would go through anyways with any client first to make sure they they know so that is also a plus as well once you go through the program you can have individual sessions with me for a much cheaper price and you can go through this at your own pace on your own time you have access to everything forever and even though I do pace you through there's no getting behind you can get ahead if you want if you quote, get behind. It's not a big deal. You can just watch it whenever you catch up. So I just really recommend signing up if you've been wanting to do this. Take advantage of this opportunity because after this round, I will not be involved anymore. And it's just such an awesome experience going through it with the group. So if you're interested in this program, go to bit.ly slash paleo women lifestyle to learn more. Enrollment is going to open up Monday july 15th and it will be open until spots fill up there's limited spaces available usually enrollment closes by the end of the first day or beginning of second day the first day the price will be 200 dollars off the normal price and after that any spots will go up to the regular price i am going to open up limited number of waitlist spots and if you want one of those waitlist spots which guarantees you will get into the course the first day in case it sells out quickly then just email me, christina at christinaricewellness.com. Let me know you want to be on the wait list. And if you get one of those spots, then you are guaranteed in when enrollment opens on the 15th. So you don't have to worry about, you know, getting up at midnight and making sure you get one of the first spots. And then the course will officially begin July 22nd. That's a Monday and it's going to be amazing. We do spend a lot of time in that course covering balancing hormones. There's a whole module at balancing hormones. I mean, I could write a freaking book about it. I mean, books have been written about it, clearly. There is so much to say, but one of the most important things when it comes to balancing hormones that for some reason people still overlook is switching over to non-toxic personal care products. Imbalanced hormones can be a huge driver of hormonal acne, and signs of aging. If your skin is freaking out, I definitely recommend checking in on your hormones and seeing how those are doing because they might be off and our hormones are affected by the products we use. So it's funny because, I mean, we talk about getting to the root cause of things. So like acne or any skin condition getting to the root cause, usually gut health and hormones, but Our hormones and our gut health are both influenced by the topical products we use. So, you know, on the surface, it might not seem like topical products matter, but they do because they're affecting your hormones. But this is why I love Clear Stem skincare so much because their products are completely free of any hormone disruptors and they're all non-toxic and they're highly effective. It's definitely difficult to find non-toxic products that actually stand up to their toxic counterparts and that's why Danielle and Kaylee from Clear Stem have worked so hard to make sure that these products perform better than anything else you've ever tried. This line is anti-acne meets anti-aging, so it helps to prevent and eliminate acne. It helps to prevent and eliminate the signs of aging, so this could be dark marks, dark spots, fine lines, wrinkles, dull skin, dry skin, obviously any blemishes. 
And I love this product because it's so cool because anyone of any age can use it, man or woman, and it feels amazing on the skin, soaks in beautifully. I'm just obsessed with all their products. Their original product is their Cell Renew. This is the Collagen Infusion Serum. This is great for all skin types, including dry, mature, sensitive, acne-prone, combination, and normal. I love it because it's hydrating without making your skin oily. I have oily skin, and I hate when, quote, hydrating products just make my skin worse. But this really plumps and hydrates while balancing out the skin. The power behind the Cell Renew is in the collagen stem cells. Those, along with their targeted botanical extracts, can seriously drastically improve the look of your skin. This is designed to help fade scars, help to fade any marks left after any breakouts. It's also great if your skin has been inflamed or dried out a lot. I use this after getting microneedling done, after getting a chemical peel, after getting sunburnt. If I have a burn anywhere on my body, I put it on there. This is especially great during the summer when we are more prone to getting sunburnt. It's super calming, totally non-toxic, anti-aging, and makes a huge difference. And it just slips in seamlessly with the rest of your skincare. So you want to shake it up. They don't use any junk fillers or binders, so natural separation will occur. So make sure you give it a good shake before you use it. And then apply two to three pumps of Cell Renew all over your face. Massage it into your skin for like 30 seconds to a minute. Massaging it in makes a huge difference. And you want to use gentle massage motions. Circulation helps with the healing and apply it all over your face and just let it soak in those collagen stem cells. My other favorite product from ClearStem is their Clarity Acid Serum. This is a mix of AHA, PHA, mandelic acid, and this is a game changer. If you haven't used an acid before on your skin, this is how you make the changes. This stuff is crazy good. It is great for all skin types, but you do want to start slow. I would start with, you know, maybe once a week and move to twice a week, maybe three times a week. You can work your way up to every day. It just depends on your skin type, but just start slowly because it is an acid and it really can make real changes. It really helps to turn the skin over. And if you have dark marks, red spots, acne, this will get rid of it. Breakouts, fine lines, they all disappear much faster. It's a great acid blend with a really specific pH and they have stabilized bioflavonoids in here. So your skin will just look brighter, healthier, more dewy, and totally free of any blemishes. This would go on before the Cell Renew. So clean skin, just apply two or three pumps to your fingertips, apply it to your face, avoiding your eye, massage it into your skin, then hang out for 15 to 30 minutes, let the clarity do its work, let it kind of break down any of those dead skin cells on top, and then come back and put the Cell Renew Serum on top. People have said that this has gotten rid of their melasma from their birth control. It's gotten rid of brown spots from being in the sun, from surfing, all that. So this really can make a difference. And you could use it also on your chest, the tops of your hands, any areas of old scarring. Honestly, this stuff is a game changer and I cannot live without it. You guys know my weakness for a good acid. I am very serious about I need effective products and this stuff works. 
I also use their cleansers every single day. I bring them with me on travel. I absolutely love their Gentle Clean. It's their vitamin-infused calming wash. It's great for every skin type. It doesn't strip the skin. It leaves your skin feeling still moisturized after you wash your face. And it is really nourishing. It smells amazing. And it even gets rid of makeup, which I love. So you don't need any additional cleansing products. And then if you like a little bit of a scrub, then I definitely recommend their vitamin scrub. It's their antioxidant infused cleanser. It's really great for smoothing the skin and decongesting it, brightening it. It includes clay and smoothing particles. So you'll get rid of that extra oil, any face makeup, and any other impurities, but the little beads aren't, you know, scratchy, how some scrubs like literally scratch your skin. No, they're soft enough where they will not harm your skin, but they will give you that extra bit of exfoliation to really help out with your skin texture. So if you are ready to try out ClearStem, just go to clearstemskincare.com and you can use my discount code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for $15 off your purchase of $40 or more. Again, that's wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for $15 off your purchase. And you can find all their products at clearstemskincare.com. Speaking of toxins in the environment, I am so pumped for you guys to hear today's episode with Courtney Lebedzinski. Courtney is a healthy housing strategist, so she helps health-conscious families optimize their homes for wellness because people will spend thousands of dollars on organic food and juices and fitness classes and fancy diapers, but a lot of people don't realize that there are a ton of health risks right in their own homes. I think a lot of you guys are becoming much more savvy to this. A lot of us are becoming better aware of the fact that mold toxicity is on our eyes and EMFs are really affecting our health and all of these things. So Courtney's job is to help other people improve their health and well-being by addressing all the health hazards that exist in their home environments. So she is going to give some amazing tips on how to protect yourself in your own home and your own environment against all of these different health hazards. I think this topic is so interesting. That's why I really wanted to have her on. You can find more from Courtney at wholesomehouses.com and on Instagram at instagram.com slash wholesome.houses. And she also has a podcast called the Wholesome Houses Podcast where you can learn more from her there. You're definitely going to learn some actionable steps to take after this episode. I definitely did. This is a part of my health journey that I I for sure slack on. It's it's overwhelming to say the least sometimes. So when you think about all the different health hazards in our homes with the internet and I mean my job being on the internet. So I was really glad Courtney came on and shared so much of her knowledge with me and she really broke everything down. I asked her to explain everything in as easy to understand terms as she could because I know there's a lot of science that goes into this and I think she did an amazing job at breaking it down for you. So I am really excited for you guys to hear this. So without further ado, let's go ahead and hop into this conversation with Courtney. I'm really excited, Courtney, to have you on the show because you specialize in a topic that I really don't know enough about and I really need to learn more about it. Um, So you are a healthy housing strategist and I would love for you to share a bit about what that means and how you got into it. 
Yeah. Well, I, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited to talk to you and your audience. Um, yeah. Like you mentioned, I am a healthy home expert. And basically, I call myself like a health coach for your house. So, you know, a lot of people are doing juice diets and the paleo diets and keto diets and all these things. And they're working out all the time. And maybe they're getting a lot of sunlight. But the thing that people fail to um, realize is that our homes are where we spend a majority of our time. We spend 90% of our lives indoors, 30% of our lives in our bedrooms alone. And so if, if we don't take our environment into consideration, we actually just can't thrive. We can't have optimal health, in my opinion. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I'm sitting here thinking, I mean, I work from home, so I spend like 95% of my time in my room. <laughs> Yes. Um, so I guess I should really, okay, I'm good. I'm glad you're here. You can help me. Um, but like, what, what brought you into that? Like, how did you, I mean, you know, it seems kind of random to most people. Totally. It was random to me too. <laughs> I, um, I'm a military spouse. And so we move a lot. We've actually lived in eight houses in eight years. And so I sort of have this unique perspective that I feel different. My kids feel different when we're in different houses. And it was actually like a, a very, very sudden end to some serious like GI issues when we moved that made me like realize like, holy smokes, like my house is really having an impact on my health. And so I started digging into it and kind of stumbled upon um, this this field of science called building biology, which is is the interaction of human health and the built environment. And I was hooked. That is very interesting. And I mean, so the, you, so yours is related to GI issues. Yeah, that was some of them. Okay. Um, since learning the different things that can that our buildings can do to us, I actually attribute other things in other houses. But that was the most noticeable one. Like I, mm -hmm. I mean, I was having terrible, terrible issues. And uh, we moved out and they completely stopped, like totally gone. Yeah, this is so interesting to me because, I mean, I work with and talk to so many people with chronic illness and especially yes. in my own life. So I don't know if you, if you know this, but basically I found out I had mold toxicity about a year ago. And I think since finding that out and like kind of putting the pieces together, like finding out my childhood home had mold and, you know, my the apartment I lived in last year, that had mold and I had to move. And it wasn't until... I really realized that and now it's like I can tell when I go into different buildings if all my symptoms come back and even when I go yes. back home, I go back home for holidays and I walk in my parents' house and I'm like, I can't, I can't be here anymore. And for me, it's actually, wow. it's like these emotional symptoms. Like I feel almost like suicidal when I'm in that house, which is crazy. And I just come it on out of nowhere. So interesting that you said that because that is the most bizarre symptom of mold re-exposure. So if you're in a moldy environment um, and you leave, say you go on vacation for a little bit and then come back to a moldy environment, mm -hmm. suicidal inclinations are one of the most common and, uh, like I said, bizarre symptoms that I've ever heard of. Um, yeah, okay. so that's crazy. So that happens yeah. to other people too. That's not just me. It does. It's not just you. No, absolutely. And, and depression is another one. Um, and mine, mine was GI stuff. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of times you, you breathe in these mold spores and they get in your um, sinus cavities and then you swallow that and it actually leads to like upset stomach. And so, you know, a lot of people also don't think that mold could cause stomach issues, but it can do that as well. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the, the mold situation. I mean, how common would you say this is? Like is, is, mold 
something that's rare or like do more people need to be aware of this than we think? I think absolutely more people need to be aware of it. Um, and then you and I, you know, we live in wet, wet and humid climates. I'm mm-hmm. in Florida. And so, you know, for us, it's, it's way more common than it may be for somebody in a really arid climate. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that it's something that should, people should absolutely be aware of. And when we're talking about mold, what we're really talking about is moisture um, because obviously mold spores plus moist environment and a food source. So anything um, that they can munch on leads to mold growth. And so, uh, you know, you can't control spores. They're in the environment. They're in the air. They're outside. And there's not a lot of, that you can do in terms of food source because the houses that we make are perfect <laughs> mold food. So mm-hmm. your wood is good mold food. Drywall is good mold food. Just about everything that's not metal in your house is great food for mold. So the only part of that equation that you can really impact is going to be the moisture. And so controlling moisture is critical when it comes to um, keeping a house safe from mold. So that's everything from, you know, the humidity levels indoors, which you can test with something with a called a hygrometer. You can get it on Amazon. It costs about 10, 15 bucks and you can watch your relative humidity levels. You want to make sure that they stay below about 45%. Um, and things like, um, running your exhaust fans. I know a lot of people have exhaust fans in their kitchen or in their bathroom, but not a lot of people use them. And actually like human metabolism and, and, and not just human metabolism, that's important too, but human, um, involvement, I guess, So showering and cooking, Mm -hmm. that puts a lot of humidity in the air as well. And so when we can monitor that and make sure that we're um, keeping it low with um, mechanical systems if we need to, even opening a window if you need to, that can really help. Also things like making sure that your gutters are clean. If you have gutters on your house, um, that's one way that moisture can get into your home very easily. So, um, yeah, I, I guess another couple of things is that your home, if you're, if you have your own yard, um, the grade should go down away from your house so that when there is rain or other moisture that it's not, um, up against the sides of your house. So those are like a few things that you can do that are, are pretty easy, um, to keep the, the humidity and the moisture down in your home. Yeah. Okay. So what about like signs of this like are there any signs besides I guess if you see it yeah yeah so um your nose is probably going to be the best detector of this mold has a very uh unique smell it smells very earthy and you know sometimes you can walk into old buildings and you you know exactly that it's that smell. The problem is that a lot of times it's hidden. It's going to be behind um, walls. And Mm -hmm. so um, one thing that you can do is you can actually shut your breakers off, make sure that your electricity is not running, but you can actually sniff in your um, like electrical outlets and you can smell like into your wall that way and see if you're noticing anything there. Another thing is just to pay attention to symptomology. You know, if, if, people are starting to feel headachy or lethargic or, um, like we said, (laughs) suicidal or Mm -hmm. depressed or any of these things. Um, these can all be good indicators. Another thing that's really, um, pretty simple is you can take a, a visual contrast test online, which can be a good indicator if you are getting exposed to biotoxins at all, which mold is one. And so they have free tests online and it just measures 
contrast. It's a simple 10 minute test and you sit, you know, four feet away from your computer or so, and you take this quick vision test and it's pretty accurate in determining if you may have a mold issue in your house. No way. That's so interesting. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. It's really wild. What about, um, actually testing for mold in the home? How do you go about that? Yeah, so there's there's a lot of different methods, and I wouldn't consider myself an expert in, in any of them, but I, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, I, I think that the VCS test or, or the visual test that I just mentioned is a good way to start. Also, visually and, and with your nose, <laughs> testing your house throughout regularly, making sure that you don't see any signs of leaks or anything like that. Um, those are really important things to do. After that, if you actually see mold, there are tape tests that you can do. And I can send you some information about a great company that, that does this for relatively cheap. But mm-hmm. um, if you see mold, you can actually just take um, tape that you can pick up at Walgreens and stick it to it and send it in and get it diagnosed, not, not diagnosed, but identified under a microscope. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can see what you're dealing with if it's just, um, you know, a type of mold that is common in bathrooms or if it's a more dangerous mold like stachybotrys or something. Okay. And so let's say someone finds out there's mold in their home. Like, then what? Like, do they need to move? Is there other things you can do with your house? What about, like, is everything infected? I feel like there are so many different opinions on this. Yeah, there are. And uh, again, I'm not an expert on mold, Mm -hmm. but I will tell you this. There's a couple of things. One, some people are more sensitive than others. Some people genetically are unable to really detox mold toxins from their bodies. And so my advice for them would be different than maybe most people. Um, But for most people, and depending on the state where you live, you're going to call a remediator um, or something like that. And you're going to have them either a mold inspector or a mold remediator come out check your house, and then they will set up um, systems. They'll set up air blocks. They'll do air scrubbers. They'll run HEPA filters and and pull everything out and let it dry completely. And then they can retest your air to see if anything is going on. Um, You know, for most people, I feel like working with just a mold certified, like a state certified um, inspector or remediator should be sufficient, um, especially if you're able to get the air quality results after they've done the inspection um, to be sure that everything's out of there. That for most people should be good. Okay, awesome. So let's like move on from the mold for a second. When you are working with a client, if you are just going into a house and seeing, okay, what can we fix? What are like some of the main things you look at? Yeah, so we're going to probably going to start in the bedroom for the reason that we just said. This is not only where you spend a a huge portion of your life, but it's also where, you know, cellularly we are resting and recovering and Mm -hmm. and draining our lymphatic fluid and and getting healthy. And so this is a critical place to start. Um, And so things that you're going to look for in your bedroom are going to be things like your mattress. So you want to make sure that you're not sleeping on something super toxic. Um, There's a lot of companies now that have come out with green certified mattresses. And there are lots of ways that you can, um, you know, check to see if your if your mattress is is clean or not. But unless you've purchased a mattress that is is, you know, um, chemical free, it's likely to have a lot of chemicals in it because they have to meet very, very stringent flame 
um, regulations. Mm -hmm. And so the amount of flame retardants that they put on a mattress is um, absolutely insane. Yeah, that was something I just learned about this year. Do you know, I don't know if you know Mike Mutzel from High Intensity Health. Um, I don't. Well, he's just, I mean, very deep in the science of all this. And he posted about the flame retardants in, in your mattress. And I was like, oh, my God, my mattress is for sure toxic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have, like, a favorite non-toxic mattress? I don't. So here, here's a, this is something that I'm actually doing research on right now because we're mm -hmm. actually about to buy a new mattress. Um, but I do have a really good interim solution, which is what we have been doing right now, okay. which is that you get a, a waterproof mattress cover and you can get those from anywhere. Mm -hmm. And it kind of helps to hold some of that in there and then to just get an organic cotton um, mattress pad and put it on top. And so that is what we are doing right now while I still research um, which mattress we're going to go with. And I think that it's a good um, step in the right direction, at least, and, and very inexpensive. Yeah, I just wrote that down because I need to do that for sure. I, wa I want to be clear for listeners, like, you know, we know that there's like chemicals in the mattress, but they're like, okay, but how is that exactly affecting my health? Yeah, absolutely. Well, chemicals um, can can lead to a lot of problems. One of the biggest ones is going to be neurological problems. Um, they can also lead to asthma and allergies. Infertility can be a thing. Um, it, it impacts the brain a lot. So mm -hmm. like learning and behavioral disorders, migraines, um, and like achiness, um, all, all sorts of things. It, it, it can it can impact people in different ways. Another interesting thing is that it can be um, really estrogenic. And so it can impact your, um, like I said, your fertility and reproduction in other ways. Um, mm -hmm. Things like that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think with this fertility, infertility epidemic we have going on, like people are acting like they don't know why. And I'm yes. like, basically because everything, our food, our environment, our personal care products we're like primed to like we're primed to get cancer and have infertility issues I feel like you're absolutely right <laughs> it's, so it's sad. sad but true yeah yeah it's so sad okay well if that doesn't motivate you to get a new mattress guys <laughs> I don't know what will. <laughs> um all right so mattress what what else in the bedroom are we looking at yeah so another thing that you want to look at is having an electrically quiet bedroom. So we don't want to have um, any type of electronics on if we can help it at all, like no TVs, no computers. Even your alarm clock um, can produce a really powerful magnetic field. And because it's so close to your head, typically, um, that can be really dangerous. So if you really need an alarm clock um, in the bedroom, I suggest you know putting it across the room, which gives you the added benefit of having to get out of bed to hit the snooze button. Um, and that can really protect you as well. That, I think that one's the hardest one for people. <laughs> like not having the electronics in the bedroom. A lot, yeah. of people have, a lot of people have TVs in their rooms. 
really i yeah i guess i guess a lot of people do i never have it always drove me crazy but yeah i i i understand wanting to have it there and if you absolutely um you know have to use it i would i would suggest not only turning it off before you go to sleep but actually unplugging it because it still um it still produces well depending on if it's a smart tv it can produce microwave radiation and even if not it's a really high voltage as long as it's plugged in. So I would still unplug it before I go to sleep if you have to have it in there. What about something like, okay, like in my room, I have two lamps. Should I like unplug them at night? Yeah. Especially if they're really close to your head, I would absolutely unplug them at night. Oh my God. Crap. I have so many things plugged right, right next to my head. Yeah. (laughs) So we talk a lot about uh, turn the Wi-Fi and, and let me touch on that just a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. um, wireless radiation is a is a form of it's a form of microwave radiation. So when you have a Wi-Fi router in your house, you are literally microwaving your cells. And um, again, this is not conducive to rest and repair. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the very very least, I encourage people to always unplug their Wi-Fi routers at night. And you can just set them on like a cheap like Christmas tree timer off of Amazon if if you can't remember to do it and have it turn itself off overnight. But um, an even better step to take is going to be to cut the breakers to your bedroom entirely, in which case you wouldn't have to worry about unplugging any of that stuff. If you could just cut the breaker, you would cut all of the um, electric and magnetic fields there in that area. And that would really give you the most restful sleep that you could get. So do you do that every night? I actually don't. And it's because right now we we just moved again. Uh, we live in a townhouse. So mm-hmm. I share my bedroom walls with two different neighbors. And so it's actually not that helpful for me because my neighbors still have current flowing through their walls. Okay, yeah, because I was going to ask, like, are there differences? Like, I live in an apartment complex, like that versus being in a house or a condo. You know, like if I turn my Wi Fi off, would it matter if, I've, if I'm squished in between people who have their Wi Fi on? Right, yeah. So, um, you know, you can only control what you can control mm-hmm. inside of your house. And so, for people who live in situations like that, um, I suggest something like um, a bed canopy. And that's actually like a small Faraday cage that you sleep in. It's really, you know, beautiful and flowy and romantic, um, but it also serves the, the purpose of keeping out these ambient signals that you really can't control in an environment like that. Okay. My, I just worry that my apartment's going to turn to like a, people are going to come over and be like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I get that about, and about some of this stuff, a lot of the things, um, you know, I, I don't think that people would notice. Nobody would know that you had your Wi-Fi on a timer. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm telling you, you can check these out on, on Amazon or Google. Uh, these bed canopies, they're beautiful. They're, they're something that you could see in somebody's house and you would have no idea what dual purpose it's serving. Yeah. I also heard, like, is there something about blankets? Like, like blankets that help? Um, Do you know about I that? I don't know anything about blankets. There's all sorts of things, all sorts of shielding materials you can find online, Mm -hmm. paints and um, curtains and, um, like I said, fabrics, like the types of fabrics they use to make these canopies as well. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they had made one into a blanket, but I've not heard of that one. 
Are those are those shielding materials actually effective? Like I never they know. Are. Okay, they are. Okay, I'm like, is that a scam or? They absolutely are. But one thing that you want to be um, just cognizant of is that it reflects it back the direction which it came. So you don't want to get in bed then and then hop on your cell phone and scroll Facebook for the next hour because uh, mm-hmm. that's going to be really bad and amplify your signal in there. Um, but yeah, no, they're they're very effective. Okay, good to know. Well, since we're talking for a second, like a little bit like EMFs and stuff. So first of all, can you spell out like, like what is an EMF? Yeah, so they're electromagnetic fields, and they are everywhere in our environment. So there are some natural um, EMFs that um, are naturally occurring from the sunlight. The Earth produces a magnetic field. Um, there are even galactic radiation. But um, usually what people are talking about when they're talking about EMF is what we call non-native EMF or man-made EMF. And this is the stuff that um, can be really dangerous. So... Um, Again, you know, I know a lot of your audience comes from at things from like an ancestral health mm-hmm. uh, perspective. And when we're looking at what our ancestors were exposed to as compared to what we're exposed to, um, it would absolutely blow your mind. Um, there is a quote from a professor, Dr. Ole Johansson, and he says that compared to just 10 years ago, we are um, exposed to one quintillion times more man-made radiation than we were. Um, and so that's a one with 18 zeros behind it. Like that's a number that most people can't even fathom. And as we look ahead to things like 5g and the internet of things, we can only, you know, expect that to really escalate. And so, um, uh, EMFs are really four different things. So you're talking about electric fields, of course, magnetic fields. Um, you're talking about dirty electricity, which is sort of like, um, you can think of it like an echo, I guess, in your um, wiring. Mm-hmm. And the fourth is going to be um, radio frequency. So things like, um, you know, radio signals and Wi-Fi and cell phones and things like that. Okay, so... I think I really want to highlight this for people because I think this is something I have been more aware of as well as I'm hearing more more and more people talk about it. And like I'm very heavy in the nu- in the nutrition space, yet yeah. yet I am hearing all of these experts and even from like the school I went to when I go to conferences. You know what their people are saying is that honestly our environment is just as important, if not way more important than like your nutrition in terms of how you're going to feel in your overall health. Like, you know, I've heard people who are the leading experts in the nutrition space saying, if you can only change one thing, your food or your environment, it needs to be your environment because like, this is how important it is. And especially with the EMFs, like, I think it's kind of scary for people on an emotional level. Like for me too, it's like, I know there's so many things I could do that I haven't yet, but it's just overwhelming because our environments are so overrun with EMFs I feel like I am on technology all the time you know and I think it's an emotional thing because it's almost like you know with nutrition or fitness like you can do that you can go buy different food like the only thing stopping you is yourself you know um right you can go outside and exercise but with things like EMFs or these things in our environment we feel like we don't have control over it Um, and I think even at, I was at the NTA conference a couple months ago and the person who was talking about EMS was 
I forget the details, but he was just talking about like um, in the city he lived in, the, to to get out of like EMF zone range, like he had to drive like four hours, and there's wow. only like a sixty foot radius to be out of it. And then something about like people are petitioning a certain area to try and get it like to not be overrun with EMFs, and the government literally like wouldn't let them like they passed a law so that there would be no emf free zones in the state or something crazy like that um so i think that's part of why it feels emotionally kind of scary and i think that's why a lot of people don't talk about this as much because they almost feel like uh like there's so much to do that i can't do anything totally and i know exactly how you feel i've felt the same way about it it's um it can be overwhelming cuz like you said you can't control what your neighbors are doing or mm-hmm. when you're on public transportation everybody around you is on their cell phone it's very difficult to control um and so my advice for that is just to simply take hold of the things that you can control and again for you you're you're in your house all the time mm-hmm. and and for most people at least they're in their bedroom a, a huge percentage of their life so if you can at least take control of it in that aspect i think that that's a a really good starting place and then another is just to get you know, educated on it. I think that there are so few people, like you said, even talking about this, that it's unfortunate um, that people are, are unaware of the, of the dangers, the potential dangers. Mm -hmm, Definitely. I think because people don't feel an immediate effect that they don't care as much. Like I talk about this too, with like, like personal care products, like, cause I'm really passionate about like non-toxic personal care products. And like, yeah, you know, it's the same thing. It's like, people aren't motivated because they don't, it's not like, okay, I ran into the wall and my, my toe is stubbed, so I, I see I need to not run into the wall. <laughs> you yes. know, it's like not so clear to them. Um, Absolutely. But this stuff has long-term effects. Like down the line, you don't want to wake up one day and be like, wow, what have I been doing for the last 20 years? You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, I just I, I highly encourage people to really get educated on the topic. And and like you said, be, because it's not stubbing your toe and this immediate pain, a lot of people assume that it's not doing anything, but there may be ignoring the symptoms that are coming across from EMF. Mm-hmm. And so so long, like I feel it tingle. My hand starts to tingle. And I used to think that it was like a crampy thing. Mm -hmm. And I realized it's just an EMF thing. I'm I'm actually actually sensitive to it. Um, But there are other things, um, a lot of crossover between the chemical stuff, but you're also talking about fertility issues that can happen because of EMF. And so if you're having um, a hard time getting pregnant or, or staying pregnant, that you can you can look into this as a potential issue, cardiac issues, um, you know, uh, uh, thyroid issues. That's a big one. Um, Neurological. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And cognitive learning, memory, concentration, all of those types of things can be um, EMF related. So again, you might not be making that connection, but you might be suffering from the benefits without, or from the effects without even knowing it. Yeah. And the GI stuff, like I forget the statistic, but I think it was like, uh, someone was saying they thought that 70 to 80% of leaky gut was rooted in EMFs. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I've never heard that statistic, but that's, that doesn't really surprise me. They know that, um, EMF can, and, and Wi-Fi in particular, cell phones in particular can, um, reduce the, or increase the permeability of the blood brain barrier, letting more chemicals get into the brain. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me at all that it increases the permeability of the intestine as well. Yeah, definitely. And it just makes me think more and more like, 
like I said, I work with so many patient or not patient, clients who are chronically ill and they, yeah. they're the type who do everything right. Like they're coming to me and their diets are pristine and they're taking all the supplements and they're doing all the self care. And like, they just feel like I don't know what to do. And I just wonder how many people, well, I think there's two things. I think a lot of people need to look into like emotional the emotional aspect and like the yes. energy healing work but then also the environment like that's a yep. huge piece absolutely so, um i think i want to touch on this this digital thing for a second because i mean i'm probably around technology more than most people but i do think that nowadays a lot of people have jobs where they're on their computers all day or even phones all day long um what are some things that they can do to kind of, kind of mitigate the negative effects. Like, I think, you know, I've seen companies have, like, reached out to me and said, oh, we have these shield. It's like a little sticker you stick on your phone. And I'm yeah. like, does that do anything? Um, n- not in my experience. Okay. I have not seen really good proof that the stickers do much of anything. But there are some some tips and tricks that can really help. Um, one thing is going to be, like I said, unplugging everything when you're not using it. So, you know, in your home office, you probably have like a wireless printer that you use, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe once a day at best. Um, But it is constantly pinging you looking for signals. And so um, things like just having that unplugged so that it can't do that is really helpful. So another thing is going to be to make sure that your laptop is grounded um, so that it has that third prong in it. And if it doesn't already, you can usually get some type of adapter or get a different power cord that grounds it, which is going to keep it, uh, keep the voltage from uh, coming into your body and you acting as an antenna, which happens a lot with laptops. Um, wait, 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 I need to pause you there. I need to, okay, wait. So you mean, I don't, I don't think I fully understand what you mean. So what do you mean? Like my outlet, my power cord should have an extra prong? Yeah, so, you know, it should have the three prongs instead of just the two. Okay, mine has three, so it should be good, right? So that's good, yeah, yeah. So not everybody has that, or even if they do, not everybody uses that. I know apples usually come with two different ones, Um, and so just making sure that you're using that that grounded one is a really good um, way to to decrease it. And also, um, with EMF, space is a really good thing. So the farther that you can be away from anything – the better that you're going to be doing. So, um, you know, not sitting right on top of, of your electronics and moving them as, you know, to the periphery of your office space, if you can, will be really good. Um, and then your phone, I know that you use your phone a lot. There are ways that you can actually hook it up to ethernet. So you have it wired instead of wireless. But even if you don't want to go that far, I would just say that when you're not using it to have it in airplane mode as much as possible Mm -hmm. and definitely don't like, carry it on your body or stick it in your bra or anything crazy like that (laughs) yeah I do not stick it in my bra so that's good Um, totally okay that's helpful what I'm curious about so putting things on airplane mode helps um but does it matter like at night I mean I never turn off my laptop should I be turning off my laptop does it matter yeah 
Yeah, I mean, turning it off and, and unplugging it is is probably a good idea. Yeah, it's it's always going to be looking, especially if you have your um, Wi-Fi on, it's always going to be looking for a Wi-Fi signal or connecting to a Wi-Fi signal. Um, and, you know, like I said, just generally, anything that you're not using, if you can unplug it, that's going to be better. Anything that's non-essential. Okay. What about, like, things, I mean, like my microwave, it's always plugged in. Yeah, so that's going to be a little bit harder to access. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I again, distance is going to be your friend. So I guess as long as maybe you're not also using the microwave as a chair sitting right next to it, it's going to be better than it could be. But unplugging everything is going to be the best. Okay, so are there any other like electronics that come to mind or anything else on the MF topic before we move to something else? Yeah, uh, one other thing is going to be lighting. Um, and I'd like to talk just a second about like mm-hmm. biologically compatible lighting. Um, I know that there's been a big push for people to use CFL, which is like the curly Q light bulbs. Mm-hmm. Um, and those actually are really incompatible with our biology. Um, they flicker, which can lead to headaches and migraines um, and all sorts of like neurological disruption. Um, but they're also a really strange spectrum that we're not used to. So it actually is screaming to your body that, you know, oh, it's, it's noon, it's noon, no matter what time it is. So if you come home late, turn on the light, um, your body is really confused. It can interfere with melatonin production and sleep cycles and circadian rhythms and all that sort of stuff. Um, LED can also be kind of bad too because of the same flicker thing in terms of neurological issues. So the the lighting that I recommend to all my clients is going to be incandescent. Those are just the old school light bulbs that that before we switch to CFL, you can usually still find them at home improvement stores. You just got to look on the bottom shelf in their tiny little section and they're still there. Okay. Good to know. I'm pretty sure all of my lights are CFL. So another thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. Well, those are um, dangerous for another reason too, because they have mercury in them. So if they break, um, Mm. you're supposed to like evacuate your entire house. It's like terribly dangerous. Yeah. No one talks about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. Uh, my kids know that it's like stop, drop and roll. They know if one of those breaks, you run out of the house. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm glad you said that to me. Something else, um, that I, I briefly saw something about smoke detectors. What's going on with smoke detectors? Yeah. So there's two different types of smoke detectors. Um, So there's ionizing and there's photoelectric and they work using different technologies, of course. But um, in my opinion, there is one that's uh, much better than the other. And that's going to be photoelectric. And it's for two reasons. One is that it doesn't use a radioactive material, which an ionizing uh, detector does. But second, and more importantly, is that it can detect a smoldering fire some 30 minutes faster than an ionizing detector. So it's actually more, much more effective as well. And so I, I highly suggest that people um, switch it out if they're able to, to a photoelectric. It's hard to tell um, unless you recently bought it and you still have the box for the model number. It's hard to tell just looking at them if it's ionizing or photoelectric. But um, because there's been a big push for ionizing detectors on the market lately, 
it's a safe bet that if you don't know if it's been up for a while that it's ionizing. And so, um, again, inexpensive Amazon, just find any photoelectric detector and it'll do a better job of protecting your family. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. So covered smoke detectors, lighting. Um, what are some other common things in the home like that people should pay attention to? Like any other big rocks? Yeah, um, I would say um, chemicals are a big one. Mm -hmm. um, and they're everywhere. I know this is something that you're interested in as well. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things is going to be the the chemicals of your furnishings and finishes. So things like PVC, getting PVC out of your house um, is a really good first step. And so that's going to be things like your um, shower curtain, potentially, maybe if you have like vinyl blinds or vinyl flooring, those types of things can be um, really dangerous. And so we want to avoid them as much as possible. Um, things like uh, taking your shoes off. That's a really simple one that when you first get home, you don't bring a lot of chemicals back into your house. You know, you're walking on roadways all the time. There's all sorts of solvents and pesticides and dog poo and all, all sorts of things on our on our shoes that we don't want bringing into the house, especially if we have little ones. And so um, taking those off at the door is a really simple way to make sure that we're not bringing things um, in that we don't need to. Get rid of air fresheners. If you have air fresheners um, that are anything besides just essential oils, like just get that out of your house. <laughs> yeah, those are scary. Those are honestly scary. And also, if you're someone who does get rid of those. Like I notice now I'm so sensitive. Like if I walk through a, a hallway or I'm in an Uber or anything where they have an air freshener, I feel like I'm going to pass out. Yeah, me too. Me too. And my kids like just now know, like when we walk down that aisle at the grocery store, they just hold their breath. <laughs> Cause it's, just, it's disgusting and it's terrible, terrible for you. Um, there's a really good resource. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's called six classes, six classes.org. No, I'm not. Yeah, this is really interesting. Um, what they've done is they've the way that we get rid of chemicals is kind of crazy. Like if you take um, BPA, for example, you know, there was a, a big pushback um, from people about getting BPA out of out of things. And so now you see it everywhere. I mean, even at Walmart, the cheapest the cheapest plastic cup you can see is going to have a BPA free sticker on it. And what industry has actually done since there was such a pushback on this particular chemical is they changed just a, a couple of molecules on it. Um, and now they've replaced it with BPS, which is even more dangerous in the same ways. And so what we found is that um, in, industry does this a lot over and over, in fact, um, and that they'll just change a couple chemicals and, and, and call it something else. And then obviously plaster a big sticker on, on it that says, you know, so and such chemical free. Mm -hmm. And it usually for, for human health impacts people the same, these families, these similar chemicals impact people in the same ways. And so rather than, um, kind of, playing this game anymore. Six classes came up with this idea to tackle whole um, groups of chemicals rather than say, okay, well, BPA is bad and then let industry switch it to something else and something else. 
they're actually saying, okay, well, bisphenols as an entire class is really bad for people, and here's why. And so these six classes are um, are things that you should try to avoid in your house as possible. And I'll, I'll walk you through those really quickly. Um, the first of them is highly fluorinated compounds. So that's going to be things like your nonstick cookware, anything that's um, – uh, a proofing chemical. So like mm-hmm. wrinkle proof, stain proof, um, like I said, stick proof, anything like that is probably going to be a highly fluorinated compound and those can be dangerous. So you want to watch out for things like that. Another is antimicrobials. A lot of times in your house, you'll find that on fabric shower curtains. They'll say they, they resist mold or sometimes even sheets, um, things like that. Flame retardants, we already talked about that in your mattress, but also all upholstered furniture um, can be coated in flame retardants. So you want to pay attention to that. There are really good efforts happening in California and because of California elsewhere um, to get some of this stuff or at least to have it labeled. And so um, paying attention to flame retardants in your in your furnishings. Again, bisphenols and phthalates, that's going to be things like we talked about, like vinyl um, and plastics, certain metals. So, again, um, you know, mercury and lead, a lot of these heavy metals, lead can be in paint in a house built before 1976, just things to be aware of um, when you're purchasing, if you already have a house, paying attention to chipping in your paint, and some solvents. So um, there are some commercial cleaning products um, that you are going to want to stay away away from because they have um, really terrible solvents. So my go-to in my house, I actually clean with vodka. And so we spray basically everything in our house with vodka and it works great. And it has none of those nasty things in it. Wow. What kind of vodka you go for? Yeah. <laughs> Bottom of the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, that's such a good tip. Oh my God. I want to try yeah. that. It's funny, my uh, my three year old. We we have vodka around the house all the time, and and so anytime she drops her toothbrush on the floor or whatever, she runs and yells, oh, "I need the vodka!" And so, uh, for another tip for everybody who's listening is maybe don't call it vodka if you have kids at home. Yeah, just, just call it the cleaner. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Okay, well, I want to talk a little bit more about some of some of those that you just mentioned um, in terms of paint. This is something I really don't know anything about. Like, are there certain types of paints to avoid or what kind of type of paint should people be using? Yeah. So uh, one thing that is is easy to do now is to get a zero VOC paint. um, Mm -hmm. And those are at most of your big box retailers. um, And they're going to keep you from having that off gassing for years and years and that terrible paint smell for years, um, in your house, I would definitely recommend a water-based paint. Um, and the lightest colors that you can, because, um, even though the, the base paint that you buy may be, uh, zero VOC, the pigment that they add to it has VOCs in it. So if you have a really dark, a, a dark blue or black, um, it, kind of negates the purpose of getting a zero VOC paint to begin with. So, you know, keep it cheerful, keep it light, and uh, you should be all right. I'm down for that. My whole apartment is white, so yeah, I, I like a light aesthetic. Um, anyways, okay, what about like building materials? Yeah, so um, th- lots of things. So 
I guess we could start with the floors because that's maybe one of the most important things, especially when you move into a new place. Mm-hmm. Um, carpets are um, g- gross. They're hard to clean appropriately. They're very, almost impossible to clean all the way. And so if you move into a place, the carpet is actually sort of like an archaeological dig of everybody that's ever lived there in terms of um, people and animals and pollens and all sorts of stuff. And so um, if possible, avoid carpet or if you're moving, you you buy a new house um, that the carpet's rather old, if you can get rid of it um, or replace it. Carpet's really bad for people with allergies and asthma too, because it's a great place for um, mites and other allergens to hang out. And so um, I, I always, I'd say avoid carpet if at all possible and use area rugs if you need to soften the load. Um, I like, I would replace it with something like, um, a natural hardwood, a sustainable hardwood, preferably, um, or, um, ceramic tile. I think that they make, uh, beautiful ceramic tiles now that, um, that work well and Mm -hmm. is a great alternative to carpet. Um, Again, we talked about lighting. That's another important one. Again, because uh, even if you don't use the compact compact fluorescent lights, um, most kitchens are going to have that uh, the long fluorescent bulbs. And so, getting rid of that, if at all possible, and um, and replacing it with something incandescent and sunlight, using sunlight, um, natural lighting as much as possible um, instead of things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, your wall finishes, um, I think just paying attention to, um, what type of finishing you use. There are things that you can do in terms of, that I really like plasters work really good in place of paint. Mm -hmm. Um, and they can, uh, suck up moisture in a, in a human environment like we live in as well. That has another benefit. Um, but even if you can't do natural plasters, like I said, paying attention to the paint and the finishes that you use on the walls is really important because there's so much surface area there. Um, Your counters. So a lot of people are going for granite now. Um, Granite, because it's a a naturally occurring stone can have radon in it. And so a lot of people only pick something because it looks pretty and don't consider like we talked about the health benefits. And so bringing a piece of radioactive stone into your living room or your kitchen or your bathroom um, is not going to be a really good choice. And so um, either having a a consultant check to make sure that your stone is not radioactive um, or using um, a a man-made alternative to granite or or quartz or something like that would be uh, a good idea. Okay. A lot to think about. One other thing that comes up I'm not even sure if you're familiar with these products but have you heard of um there's some products on the market that have probiotics as like they're like cleaning it's like you spray probiotics around your house yeah yeah I have heard of that and I I, there's not a lot of science behind it I think the idea behind it is good right Mm -hmm. you use uh good bacteria to get rid of the the bad bacteria um but Getting rid of just simple cleaning with something like vodka or, or even a, um, 
whatever cleaning product you currently use mm-hmm. will help bring down those numbers and will be really beneficial in terms of getting rid of bacteria. I think one of my bigger concerns with products like that is for people with again, asthma or allergies, um, because the bacteria can release biotoxins as well, uh, similar to a mold. I think that you should pay attention to things like that if you have asthma or allergies. Okay. Um, what about, I feel like lead is like a hot topic. Like, are, what are the common sources of, of lead in a home? Like what, where it might be at that hiding? Yeah, so paint is going to be a big one. Again, houses built before 1976, um, a lot of times will have lead-based paint in them. Another one that's less common is going to be your soil outside. So if you're near um, a road or an old gas station or something like that, it can be in your soil. But paint is going to be the big one. Okay, awesome. And then kind of the last thing I wanted to ask about is water. Do you... Do you go over that with clients? Is that something you talk about, like water filtering? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what do you usually recommend for that? It's really important, I think, to test your water specifically. So um, you will get, um, if if you're on city water, you will get a report every year from your um, water treatment company, and they will tell you what's in your water. But that is not enough to know um, really what's going on. It's years behind the times. And so I highly suggest that people get um, testing done from the source, from their own um, pipes, because things can come in from your pipes that weren't in the city water as well. And based on that, to get adequate filtration, if you can't do that, a good just kind of general recommendation is going to be reverse osmosis for getting out a lot of the things. It has problems, though, as well. Um, It wastes a lot of water. Um, There can be bacterial buildup inside of the reservoir. Um, And so I wouldn't say that it's the perfect solution for everyone, but it's probably a good um, just general recommendation. Okay, cool. In terms of like filters, do you have a favorite filter? Um, yeah. So just like I said, brand wise, I don't, um, just any, I think any type of reverse osmosis has to come down to a certain micron size. So Mm -hmm. they're generally about the same. Um, but so I think that if you're sticking with any type of reverse osmosis, you should be fine. All right. Perfect. Cool. Well, are there any other big ones in terms of the home that we didn't touch on that you wanted to mention? I think we touched on most everything. Okay, good. So, I'm excited because I think this will give people some actionable steps to start paying attention to in their homes. Absolutely. And I I appreciate you having me on this show. And I hope that people um, have learned something and and don't get overwhelmed like you were talking about with Mm -hmm. EMFs. Like any step that you can take in this direction is going to improve your family's health. Um, So anything that you can do to improve your environment is a good thing. Yeah. Do one thing from this episode. Just focus on that and then go I love there. that. I think that's yes. a good starting point. We can't bite off more than we can chew, you know? <laughs> 100%. Cool. Well, thank you again so much for coming on the podcast. Can you just tell everybody where they can find more from you and connect with you? Yeah, I'd just love if you would visit my blog. It's www.wholesomehouses.com. Okay, great. Thank you again, Courtney. Thank you. Thank you so much to Courtney for coming on the podcast and sharing all of her knowledge. I hope that you guys learned a lot from the episode. I know I definitely did, and I need to make some changes in my home environment. That's for sure. 
you can find more from Courtney on the Wholesome Houses podcast on Instagram at wholesome.houses and at wholesomehouses.com. Don't forget to pick up your retreat ticket at bit.ly slash wellnesswheelness2019. I want you there. And don't forget to head to bit.ly slash paleo women lifestyle if you're interested in joining the final round of the group coaching program, my paleo women lifestyle program. It's going to be amazing. And enrollment is going to open up July 15th. So if you want in on the wait list, let me know now. Don't forget to leave a rating interview on iTunes if you enjoyed this show and make sure you share the episode if you enjoyed it and you think other people need to hear the information in it. Honestly, I think everyone should probably listen to the information in this one because it affects all of us. All right. Thanks again for tuning into this episode. I hope you have an awesome 4th of July weekend. Soak up the sun, relax, do something nice for yourself, hang out with family, friends, people who make you smile. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And I'll chat with you again next time. Bye.